we are with another edition of Super 7, a show where we ask a current or former rider to give us his dream team, his ultimate lineup, his Super 7. My name is John McGilvery. And I am Liam Rudden. And yeah, tonight we have a great guest with a team of seven riders. Now, the riders can be people they've ridden with themselves, they can be the legends that they watched as children. Or they can just be someone that's caught their attention that they're excited about. Tonight we've got a great guest and a good friend joining us. Um, but as always, I'll let John tell you who it is. Yeah, thanks, Liam. Tonight we have a Premier League uh, Riders champion, a Scottish Open champion, and an Australian champion, and a man who was part of easily the best night of Speedway I've ever had the pleasure of being involved in. Uh, I have Sam Masters. Sam, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me and giving me something to do. <laughs> we had a wee chat before we went on and um, yeah, you're mentioning you're a bit bored just now and hopefully we can get riding soon. Uh, how have you been keeping over the last few months since we last spoke? Yeah, I've been trying to keep busy. Not that there's much to do to keep busy, but we're pushing on. We're, uh, yeah, hopefully see the end of all this stuff going on and but um yeah we're trying to keep busy and and keep our brains occupied but um yeah we're doing all right and you were saying you were be, you've been keeping fit there sam and you're on the water tonight <laughs> yeah i'm trying to uh, stay healthy keep in some sort of shape you know before the season starts but um yeah i've been doing a bit of running i'm out with a bit of a leg injury at the minute but it's but it's all good. I'll be, I'll be back soon. And you've obviously got a, a, a young family as well, Sam. So the highs and the lows kind of, of not being able to race Speedway, but the, the benefit is you've been able to spend time with your family. Well, you know, that's the thing. Ever since Lenny was born, we've been pretty much COVID-ridden. Uh, so um, I've been with him pretty much every day since he was born. Probably couldn't have happened at a better time for me if it was going to happen in in my lifetime. So um, I'm grateful for that, I suppose. But to be with him every day keeps us busy and keeps us uh, yeah, on our toes. So, um, yeah, we're away from our family, which is a little bit hard, especially when we've got Christmas and, and Easter and things like that. But um, it's the life we chose, so we're going with it. You're looking forward to 2021 then, Sam. Obviously, we've heard today, and we won't go into too much about potential team changes, things like that that might have to happen through the league. But ultimately, you boys just want to get on track. You know, we're now we're filming this in January. You want to be on track as soon as possible. Get racing your bike again. And, and I suppose, like you say, earning money again. Well, that's the thing. It's uh, I raced in Poland and Sweden. So, like, I've raced to probably more than the rest of the boys over the last year and just nowhere near enough racing. And um, it must be killing them to, like, you know, I'm, it's killing me big time that I just want to race. And obviously, I love racing. I do it for fun. And the bonus of it is I can do it as a job as well. So, um, man, I really do miss it. You know, I haven't – I try not to – I like watching a few GPs and bit of bits and pieces, but I put on a couple of meetings from Armadale the other day and I was like, it was actually like a bit of a sad feeling that that's, we haven't been there for so long, you know? So when we get back there, it's going to be happy times and definitely won't take any of it for granted and I'll enjoy every minute of it. Brilliant. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a look at your, your super seven then Sam. Um, you and I had a discussion about it. You'd had a few ways that you were going to go with it. 
ultimately, how did you decide to put your team together? Oh, it was really just a bit of a mixture of things, really. Um, probably the best riders I've ridden with. Um, the, well, the best rider I've ridden with. Very good riders I've ridden with. A guy that's really helped me. And a guy I really had good team races with. So, yeah, just all, all, all I don't know, how do, how do I say it? Just all sorts of parts they've played in my, in my career, really. Well, we'll get into your, your one to seven then. And we'll start at number one. Um, we've got a two-time world under-21 champion, a three-times Australian under-21 champion. Uh, who have you got then kicking off your super seven? Number one, Darcy Ward. <laughs> and what's made you opt for Darcy? Well, I raced with him. Well, actually, I grew up with him racing from when we were, can remember from little kids. And we went to Denmark and we were really young, racing like an 80cc thing, not knowing anything. And, and uh, we had a great time with Darcy and his dad, George. And um, obviously, everyone knows who he is if you follow Speedway and... He's probably the best rider I've seen live in with my own eyes, and you hear that from a lot of people. And it's yeah, a, a good friend as well. But um, I raced with him at pool, and some of the stuff he's done on a bike was just mind blowing, you know. And um, yeah, I don't know, he, the best the best rider I've ever seen. So much good skills and balance on a bike. It didn't matter what track, grippy, slick, heavy, tight, round, whatever. That guy was so fast on, on the track. So the best ride I've ever seen him in my life. You, you said that you were 80 cc's in Denmark. At what age would that have been? Oh, I must have been 14. 13 that's, or 14 young. that's young to be a long way from home. You know, it's from Australia to Denmark, so a heavy distance. You know, that, yeah, well, what was I'll, that like being away so young? Well, we, were, we only did that. We only came over for about three weeks. We went, I was with our, we were with our dad. So that was just, we, I don't know, qualified through the Australian under 16 title. Then we got like the invite to race in, in Denmark in the ADCC world championship. And um, yeah, we just, I just, yeah, put school on hold for three weeks and we went to Denmark. I went to England first, spent like a week in England, went to Denmark for a week and then, last week we were back in England pretty much watching Chris Aldo like in his first year racing in the UK for Isle of Wight so um yeah and when I'd and I didn't really understand the whole speedway thing but when I'd seen the league racing and you can do this as a job and Doily and Chris were together in the same team then it was just like man I need to do this you know so um yeah it was cool. Sam when you when you're growing up with somebody like Darcy and you're racing with them from a young age, you get to know him. He's obviously a good friend. How does it affect you then when he has his accident? You know, does it make you think twice about what you're doing? You know, what is the impact on you as his, as his friend as well as as a rider? Yeah, it's um, it was tough, man. That for for us, I mean, we were all pretty good friends, the Australians. But um, I never really said much about that. I sort of kept quiet about it because I didn't really, if I spoke about it, it affect you a bit. And um, Chris Holder was obviously really, really close with him at the time, pretty much done everything together. And you can just see how much it affected him at the top of the sport. So um, if you can remember in 2015, I had a bit of a rough run there. I had, uh, I had a little injury, which was 
not cool, but I've ridden with injuries before. But from the Darcy thing, I was I was pretty hesitant. It, you you know, and you'd you'd pick your phone up. It was about Darcy, like get well, Darcy, and all that sort of stuff. And you seen him laying there, like not in a good way. Or when you kept seeing his crash repeats, and yeah, you it was always in the back of your mind at the start. But and it took me a little while to get over that. Yeah. Because, of course, it is a confidence sport, isn't it? And something like that is only ever going to knock that. You're not going to take the risks again having seen what can happen. Yeah, like I have sort of forgotten about it on track now. Obviously, you don't forget that my mate's been seriously hurt. But at the time, like I didn't really want to ride too close to people. Um, mm. You could just see like he, he I don't know, what he done wasn't even really that crazy, but the way he hit his back wheel and hurt him so bad, it just shows it takes something so small to finish off like that. Do you think there was a bit of a change in mindset in a few riders, obviously namely those that were very close to him? You mentioned Chris Holder there, who you know had been a world champion and has never really got to those heights again. Um, do you think that's maybe something that plays on their mind? Yeah, well, I think it played on... Like, Nick Morris is good friends with him too. I know it affected him and a lot of his friends. We we tried not to really talk about it because it was a bit of a a down low subject, I suppose. But we we're just hoping he'd, he'd um, get better and and uh, and all that at the time. But um, yeah, it was mentally hard for us for sure. So um, I think Chris had a bit more going on at the time, but um, he obviously showed how good he is at, at like after it as well. So um. Yeah, we just got to try and forget about that. He wants the best for us, I think, as being our mates, and we've got to get on with it. And you must remember the, the party times with him as well, because we believe he was a bit of a party animal. Shane, uh, Shane was telling us about that side of him. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was pretty, pretty fun to have to be with. There was never a dull moment. Put it that way. Okay, now you've given, I think you've sort of given us a, a clue as to who your number two is already. We're going to stay in Australia um, and we have a 33-year-old who was also a world champion and it is, of course, Chris Holder. <laughs> yeah, so how did, Chris, um, how did Chris influence your, your career, Sam? Yeah, well, so we've known Chris and yeah, the Holder family for a long time and... Um, like I said, we come and visit, uh, pretty much yeah, visited him when in his first two years racing for Isle of Wight. And we've always been pretty good friends with them, that family. So, um, and as well, Chris has helped me out a lot. I remember an under 21 title, he helped me out with an engine. I was on a maximum and yeah, I got excluded in the final for, no, it wasn't my fault, but anyway. So he helped me like that with engines. And then as well, I raced with him at pool as well. So, um, Watching the team races between him and Darcy, the Turbo Twins, as they were called, was, um, yeah, it was some of the stuff they were doing together was pretty mad. So, um, yeah, he's helped me um, as well as he's uh, one of the best riders in the world. So that's why I chose him. I mean, you see someone like Chris, you mentioned that you came over to the UK just as he was starting out. Um, do you see him then going on to be a world champion and that, that must inspire you as well. You must be looking at that and saying, well, look, this is the path I want to go down. How do I get there? Yeah, and it, it actually showed that it was like a possible thing to to do because he didn't have 
oh, I don't know if his parents are rich or not, but he didn't, I don't think he had just an easy run where he was given everything, you know, he, he, he sort of built himself up as a rider and um, he done like done it from pretty much nothing, which we, it wasn't just like we're coming over to the UK and all these guys have got five bikes and all the gear and all new engines and that, like it showed it was possible just to do it from pretty much nothing. And obviously you had to save a bit of money to start. And once he was away and scoring the points and then, then you're off. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a, uh, in, yeah, it gives you a bit of incentive that well, this is possible for us to make a living out of this. Sam, see when you come from that background, does that make you want it more when you actually make the breakthrough and you get in? Yeah, I think so. Like I've not really been given much. I've had a lot of people help me in the past. Don't get me wrong like that. But um, you see some people get given a lot of help and uh, when you're young and it's like kind of hard to tailor, well, why can't I get that sort of help, you know? But um, yeah, when, when you start to do it and you realise that like you don't need to be given everything to, to be the best. I mean, it helps, but it's, uh, that's the love of the sport. It's not like MotoGP where they, all them guys, I think you have to have some pretty rich parents to be any good at that. But um, Speedway, yeah, it's different. So it's really, it's, it's a good sport for, in that way. Yeah, I think Formula One probably proved that as well with George Russell, who got in Lewis Hamilton's car and should have yeah. won the race, but for a poor pit stop, you know, there's a guy that sits at the back of the grid and he's Williams for most of the season. You know, it's yeah. about the, 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 the car in that case. It's very rarely in Speedway about the bike, maybe. It's, it, 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 would you argue that it's definitely more about talent? It, I think it is a lot more about talent. I mean, when you get to the GPs and you're in that top 15, it comes down to the whole package, really. Team, yeah. bike, set up, whatever, everything. Um, but yeah, Speedway definitely requires more talent, I think, than like that, that proved that, you know, old mate jumped in the best car, obviously, and should have smoked it easy. Just, just proved what the, the, the difference, but, you know, like I, I feel around a track like Edinburgh, I could jump on, well, I have jumped on other riders bikes and won the race like I would on my own. And, um, everyone's bikes are quite similar. So it does take them just, yeah, it's all down, not all down to talent, but a lot of it is down to talent. Well, we'll go to number three. Um, and we're off to Sweden this time. Another man that you've ridden with, he's a three times elite league uh, champion, uh, riders champion, sorry. And he's also the current world number three. Who do we have now, Sam? Big Freddie lingering. <laughs> And what's uh, what's made you put Freddie into your one to seven? Well, I only met Freddie not that long ago when I first signed for Wolves, like 2016, so five years ago now. doesn't seem that long ago, but um, seeing the way he was, the way he operated his speedway was um, different to sort of, I see a lot of other people. He goes about things in his own way and he doesn't, he don't care about, anyone else but himself not in a bad way but he doesn't focus on any other rider he just does his thing and it's um it's pretty impressive the way he operates he he doesn't really know much about his bikes either he just pretty much jumps on and rides but he's obviously got good team around him to to look after him and um yeah he's he's he was he, and he was so helpful anytime you asked him for help he'd tell you he was 
yeah, it was really good to have him in, in the team at Wolves. He was one of the ones in the, the Grand Prix this year that was a real surprise for me in terms of he was so quick. He was very consistent as well, and he thoroughly deserved his, uh, his third place. You know, there was obviously the battle for looking for second and things there. But is he a guy that has it's, it's not been a surprise to you, perhaps, that he's done as well as he's done? Yeah, well, when we were at Wolves, when I first started, he was like a second string. He'd had yeah. a bad year the year before, and it just showed from like then till now. Till now, he's like one of the best in the world. He was always world class, don't get me wrong, but he obviously dropped a bit and then like picked himself back up and, and yeah, one of the best riders in the world now. It's, um, he's, he works hard, he trains hard. He's, he's, yeah, he's, uh, I think he grew up, he, when he was a bit younger, he was a bit like inconsistent, but since he's, like, he's a bit more mature now and gets it done. But I've seen him do some crazy stuff on the track as well, like Chris and Darcy had. It was pretty pretty gnarly to watch some of the stuff he'd do and you wouldn't even think of, like, how would you even do that? Like, he passed Doily, he was, like, the best rider in the league around Wolves in heat one around the outside. And it's just, like, that's, like, <laughs> impossible. Yeah, how did you pull that off, you know? So, yeah, he, he sort of, yeah, opened my eyes, eyes up and I seen Speedway in a, a different way, like, watching him. See when you when you come across a rider like Freddie and you you do see different a different way of racing a different way of working, um, even at the level that you're now at, Sam, is it important to always be watching and learning from those around you? There just might be something that they do that you don't do that could make a difference. You can yeah, it's hard because what works for you you might or them might not work for you and vice versa. You know, like so, I've yeah you you try and see take a look at what they're doing to an extent. But then if you look too much into it, you could stuff your own head up, you know? So it's good. You got to try and keep it simple, which Freddie does. He, that's one thing he really does. Keeps it simple. Um, but um, yeah, you got to just try and concentrate on your own thing. I've got, I've riding around Edinburgh and some of the away riders ask me, what's the setup around here? But, and you know what I tell them every time, because I don't think, we're, we're all different riders. So, and a lot of the time they probably don't believe me anyway. So I'm just going to say the truth. <laughs> right, well, you're going to tell them the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, but everyone's different because, you know, I was riding with Cookie who was like killing it, winning the same amount of races together. And we've both got like completely different setups. So it's what suits you. It ain't, it ain't, you can't really copy anyone too much. I don't think in Speedway, except you can go wrong doing that. So there's no perfect setup for every bike. It's all down to the individual and the bike and the track that they're on. Well, I mean, everyone's bike's going to be close, especially in Poland where like this, yeah, the setup is so crucial. Where I think when you ride around Edinburgh, you can sort of outride someone. Your bike doesn't even need to be as good, like better than the other guys. It's just got to be good enough to win. To why win why that is that then, Sam? Why is there such a difference then between that at Edinburgh and what's happened and how you would have to do it at Poland? I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I know nothing about that side of things. So, you know, yeah. just to get Riding educated. around Edinburgh takes a lot of skill, like a lot, lot of skill. And I think uh, if you got, I reckon if you got a lot of them GP riders, they probably wouldn't even get around the place because they're used to racing just, them big tracks they're racing in abroad is like a sprint, you know, like a just wide open sprint with a couple of corners. It's just like fastest bike can win. You need a bit of talent too, obviously, but 
it's a different, it's a whole different thing. You need to be right on the setup every time when you're racing in Poland and in Sweden, where you can kind of get away with, out, you can outride people in England a lot. And especially tracks like Edinburgh and Wolves, I think. Um, and that some maybe does affect me sometimes when I go to Poland because I ride two skillful, tight, grippy, technical tracks. And then I go out to Poland and they're big, wide, slick, easy to ride sort of tracks. So it's just two different things. And do you prefer the smaller, skillful tracks over the big? What well, do you know what? I even reckon they should put some more skillful tracks in the, in the Grand Prix because it's like that you say the motocross and the supercross. Supercrosses takes a lot more technique and mm-hmm. way more technical and riders shine there and then riders shine in the motocross. So I think in speedway, you should have a variety of everything. Big, long tracks, small, tight tracks, technical, grippy, sleek. You should mix, they should mix it up a bit where they're all quite similar riding styles each of the tracks in the GPs. We certainly make for more exciting racing for the fans as well. I mean, I reckon it'd mix it right up. Like some riders would struggle. Imagine going like to a GP around Wolverhampton, you know, where it'd sort of feel them out. I can tell you that right now. So, um, <laughs> it'd be Fancy your chances as a wild card. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to get a wild card around Edinburgh, wouldn't it? <laughs> Plenty of laps there. <laughs> Aye, the, okay. the thought of even have some form of GP at Edinburgh would be sensational but I think we're a well, long maybe, way away from that I'm trying to win the lotto mate so if I win that <laughs> I'll <I'm up>. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, number four we have another three times world champion um, and someone I'm surprised hasn't turned up on Super 7 before um, he's a British rider who have you got at number four Wolfie Ty Wolfenden now, he's a bit of a character. Why, why have you included him? Tell us all about Ty. Um, actually, get on pretty good friends, me and Wolfie, to be honest. Um, we always keep in contact. But um, we grew up again racing together, all right, race again against each other a few times in Australia as juniors when he was living in Australia. And, um, yeah, just sort of known him for a long time. And then... He stayed at our place the year he actually won the world championship. And he, I think he put my name forward to race for Wolves as well. So um, he got me in at Wolverhampton. Um, he raced with us at Wolves. We won the league together. And again, just see some of the crazy stuff he does. Obviously, one of the best riders in the world, three times world champion. Um, yeah, we... It's uh, hard to not, not put him in your team, isn't it? Knowing him as you do and having grown up with him again and raced with him, what is it that makes a world champion? What is it that's different about Ty to maybe other riders? What is it that he's got that lets him become world champion three times? If I knew, I would do the same thing <laughs> and try and become world champion too. But no, nah, a world champion is kind of unique in a way, I suppose. He's... He goes about his business again, different to everyone else. He uh, doesn't race in the UK much at all anymore. He sort of concentrates on Poland. He's, uh, but I think to get so far, you got you need talent, and all them top boys have got a lot of talent. That's why they're always there. So um, I don't know what he does different to everyone else, but he's very professional. In his bikes are pretty 
different to everyone else's with just little bits and pieces that you wouldn't probably notice. But me as a speedo rider, nothing, everything's pretty, um, yeah, it's nicely made and it's very professional setup he, he has. And a, a, a fan of a tattoo, it would seem as well. As yeah, I'm, say... um, I'm not a fan of the, having a, he, you do what you want, but yeah, I'm not a fan of tattoos like him, that's for sure. You mean you've not read the Monarchs tattoo yet? I don't know Monarchs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, read in, I read in his uh, Speedway Star interview, uh, he said something about, he, you know, he just trains harder. If he wants to have a bit of chocolate cake, he'll have a bit and he'll just train harder, um, which is fair enough if he's got the time to do that. But you know, he's one that we've heard in other interviews that, Kenny stepped things up a bit with their training. I know Nicky Pedersen had done a bit during the winter a few years ago to, to say, look, I'm really going to go fitness-wise to the next level. And Liam and I have interviewed guys who have maybe been around in the 90s where it was a bit of a drinking culture um, within Speedway. That's all moved on. Um, was he someone, perhaps then, a few years ago, you see you grew up with him, that you saw that he was always trying to take it to the next level? Um... Uh... I don't think he's – it's only been the last year or two I think he's started training real hard. But before that, he was just pretty much riding on pure talent, I reckon. Yeah. He um, He's lost a lot of weight now. So if you watch like, anything back from, say, 2013 when he won his first world title, even 2015 when he won his second world title, you can see he wasn't as fit as he is now. So um, he's taken that, that next step, obviously, the last couple of years. But um, – yeah, them good old days, they're done, aren't they? I reckon they would have been a fun time to uh, be a speedway rider. <laughs> but um, yeah, everyone trains hard now. Everyone's, like, hard at it. Um, Doyle probably trains harder than any of them and doesn't show it. He doesn't put it anything on his social media. But from what I've seen, I reckon he's probably one of the hardest. Uh, he works the hardest, harder than any of them. You're still a young thing yourself, Sam, but do you think as you get older in the sport, you have to train more just to keep that fitness level there? I think so, yeah. When you're young, you can, you're pretty flexible, you're pretty flimsy, and you sort of can get away without training. But, um, yeah, as you get older, I've done more as I got older. I never used to do much at all, to be honest. And um, But I was always pretty active and fit and healthy anyway, so I didn't need to. But now I'm getting older. Yeah, you need to train pretty hard. I've been training pretty hard the last couple of years. Actually, it started from when I won the Australian Championship. I went home after that season, 2000, after 2016 and won 2017. I trained harder than I ever have and it worked, I think. Well, I think it worked. It's, it's all in your head, though. And, again, if, it, if it's in your head, to that training, and if you go out there and train and think you've trained hard enough, then it'll help. Oh, then you're saying that it's in your head. How much of Speedway do you think is in your head? You know, they always say in, in any sport, your biggest competitor is actually yourself. Yeah. Because you need to believe more than anything. How, how, how would you take that into Speedway then? Is that a thing that you think, you know, if my head's in the right place, then I'm, I'm going places? Well, you, you, I've been through stages in my life, in, in my career, that I can, I've went through like a month or two where I've beat the best riders in the world week in, week out for about two months, you know. And then 
you have a bit of a rough run and you, you, you might not do it for a bit where the good guys just do it consistently every time. It's because they're so headstrong. So um, I'm not saying I've been the fastest guy in the world at all, but I've been on the pace of the fastest guys in the world. And um, I reckon it's 80% in your head, to be honest, because I've seen some talent guys that haven't got much talent and are just weapons because they're so headstrong. But you, you can see the guys that have done like um, sports psychology and stuff like that, the way they think and the way they even talk about it is you can see that, or maybe not even sports psychology, but what a sports psychologist would try and make you be, you can see they, them, them guys are successful. Hmm. It's all in the head then, Liam. We could, we could still do it, mate. We could still do yeah. it. <laughs> John, I tell you what, you and I should have a race one night. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to go on a I think it's quite cool. Sam, would you be available to go in the tower the following week? 100%. I'd love to see uh, it. We're back to, we're back to Australia then for the fifth member of your Super 7. Uh, a 2017 world champion is the current world number six. Uh, who have you got there at number five? Yeah, Jason Doyle. Can't really go past Doyle. But... um. He, I chose him because I've known him since I was born, pretty much, really. He's been friends of our family and that for, yeah, we're from the same town. Um, my parents know his parents. Actually, he was good friends of my cousins when we were kids. Right? They, they were racing together. and um, But, yeah, other than knowing him so well, he's been pretty helpful with me. He's got me a team place at Leicester back in the day. I, actually, he got me, pretty much got me my team place at Somerset my first year, he helped me out there big time. And um, yeah, he, he'd helped out before I come to England with a few things, just little bits and pieces with setups. And then he helped me get a team place at Somerset. Then he's helped me get a team place at Leicester. And he, also in Sweden, uh, for Ross Pagana, he helped me get into there. And um, yeah, he's been very helpful and through my career for sure. And um, watching him, the way he goes about things is, Again, different to everyone else because he's found what works for him and uh, he's worked very hard, I think harder than most, to become world champion. Listening to you talk, Sam, it's like uh, all the Australian riders are like a band of brothers almost. Mm -hmm. um, when you come to the UK for the first time and what have you, does having them around you, having that network, having that support, is that, is that something that's important? Well, I, I think that it was very important in my first year. I had Chris, Jim Holder. He was a massive help. Doily, Darcy, Davey Watt was always pretty helpful. All the, all, all the Aussies. But I think it's died down a bit in the last few years that the, the, the Aussie boys aren't as close as they used to be in the sport. And I don't know what it is. It actually seems really competitive now. When you go to the Australian Championship, everyone still gets along in a way, but... Yeah, it's not, not not as friendly as it once was that I had seen. I don't know what it was like before with like Lee and Crumpy and Todd Wiltshire and Boise and all that. I'm sure they all got on pretty good too. But um, Do you think that might come yeah. from the bit we just spoke about where the, 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 the drinking culture's moved out? So the guys maybe yeah. don't socialise. You know, we had Shane on and, you know, all he did was talk about, yeah, well, we went drinking this and we went drinking that. 
And do you think that there's maybe not that kind of bond anymore because the team that drinks together wins together, but if they're not drinking, then they're not bonding? Yeah, maybe, man. It probably is. You know, everyone's training so hard now, so you don't have that fun bonding times together, which um, it's sad because we should all really... My first two years, we used to get the Aussies together all the time and, and, and uh, yeah, hang out, run a, run a mark. Um, but so I suppose you're right, mate. That's probably where it's gone. We, we all have lost. We aren't, yeah, hanging out as much because it is a lot more serious speedway now than what it was back in my first year. And then obviously before that was even less serious. So, um. But we all get on. We all get on good. I think if we all still help each, help each other out when we can, and um, yeah, we'll always probably be like that. Just being Australians. You need to get uh, you need to get Kevin Doolan. Get him organising all the guys together. There's a man that liked a night out. <laughs> yeah, he but he's going back to Aussie now. So yeah, it's but he's going back to Aussie for the championships. Get him to organise a wee, a wee a wee night out with all the boys. I'm sure he's all be bonding again like he's used to. Yeah, yeah. But we're, again, we're a long way from home too, you know. Like I went as a kid, I don't know, my family and that around me all do all do the rest of the Aussie boys. So I think that's why we get on so well because we we need to. There wasn't enough of us to just be like on our own. So we needed to all get on well and we always sort of have. Yeah, there's com- competition between us all still, but we're always there to help if needed. Okay, at number six, Sam, you've got uh, another legend um, of sorts, and I'm sure that John is going to have lots of questions to ask you about your partnership with this guy. Who do you have at number six? Yeah, I had to choose Craig Cook, for sure. He's uh, he's helped me a lot too. You know, I had that year off before I rode for Edinburgh the first year when we smoked everyone, and he just having him in the team was really helpful. Awesome team rides. Won the league twice together. Um, Will, his dad, was always helpful with us as well. Just actually a, just an awesome person to have in, in, in your team. He, um, he kept it exciting at times. He'd, uh, he, I don't know, he'd get like angry in that at times, but you need that because it pumped the boys up when he was, I don't know, he, he'd, yeah, he, I don't really know how to explain it, but you have to be bit of a larrikin I think to be a good sportsman and Cookie's got that he he uh, he knows how to uh, stir it up a bit and when you rode with him I mean you were famous you know your double act was famous your team riding uh, do you just know when you race with somebody that is going to work that you've got the ideal partner on track or do you have to work it all out beforehand what you're going to do I think we sort of just, we bonded on the track together quite quickly, really. We're both two completely different riders, I think, but at the same time can go fast, especially around tracks like Edinburgh. And um, he was probably always quicker than me, but I was always pretty good in the first lap, first off the start, first lap. And then he'd sort of come through. Like, yeah, I think if you were too much the similar, you'd get in each other's way a bit. But... um. Yeah, I think just the way he rides, he was always pretty hard, flat out, where I was a bit more like throttle, easy on the throttle. And, um, yeah, we just worked together well. And in the end, it was actually seen trying to get the other one to beat them over the line, keep the average down. (laughs) 
But um, we had some awesome times on the track and to win 2014 like we did was, I'll never forget that. So that's really why I chose him, not, not just because of 2014, but just what I've, everything I've said about him. Yeah, the 2014 was sensational that night against the Somerset. I had the pleasure of being the centre green presenter that night. At the start of the meeting, we were miles ahead, miles ahead. And I remember AMTV showed the meeting again this year, the first time I'd watched it for a while. You know, six heats in, and you're thinking, Where, how, how did this come to a last heat decider? Right. And the meeting unfolded, and then it came to that last heat. You and Craig gated, took everyone wide. You sneaked up the inside, over my shoulder there. I'm running down the back straight almost as quick as you guys because I couldn't believe, you know, we're 5 1, we're 5 1. And I'm honest, I'm running down that, uh, that, that grass behind you there. Jumped about, it was insane. Then Asprigan lays the bike down. Have we won? Have we not won? It was, it was incredible. And then the scenes after it, the outpouring of emotion from it all. It was Derek Sneddon's last ever meeting as well. To see him go out as a captain of the title winning side was amazing um, as well. How was the night for you? Wow, man, because we had a big couple of days. We were at Somerset the night before and... Um... Yeah, myself and Cookie done quite good there, but um, we got a bit of a flogging, really. But um, that, I think they were about 18 points up at one stage. Talking of how you were just saying that we caught up so quickly, they sort of did that to us at Somerset. They smashed us for the first half of the meet, and then we sort of started clawing back when myself and Cookie, I think I was in oh, heat 10, he was in 11, and we're both in 13 and 15. And I think just them last like four heats, we sort of clawed points back. And um, we knew that when we we caught right up to them straight off the bat, like there at Armadale, it was like, yeah, but they can still come back like we did to them yes, yesterday. So we need to focus, keep focused. And, oh, man, I stuffed one race. So I think they got an 8-1 even, man. I don't know what I was doing, but. I rolled around the track like an idiot in one race. And that, that, that I thought I'd stuffed it for the team, you know. So um, I was like high, low, thinking I'm just yeah. blowing it for us. Oh, we'd won everything all year, but it come down to one race over the whole year, you know. We'd won absolutely everything. But if we lost that last race, we just ruined everything. So I missed the start that in the in heat 15, luckily, because Cookie just sent – uh, Nick Morris to Berwick nearly. <laughs> I've, and I, I had one option was to cut back. And all of a sudden I'm like next to Cookie going like, how do I get here? And then just yeah, done our thing that we were doing pretty much all year. Just followed him around and red flags come out. And I thought, no way. That's saying it politely. I'd, you'd hate to hear what I was saying under my helmet. <laughs> um, but then when we were riding down the, the front straight there and we just seen Alec and John stand on the on the track with their arms up and the crowd, you, you could hear the crowd in your helmet. It was just like the biggest relief because riding around to the start line before Heat 15 was like, I've never, ever, ever felt so much pressure in my life. You know, hearing the crowd there on turn three and four was just like, but once we... But once we'd seen we'd won, the weight was lifted and it was just like so much fun after that. And 
I'd actually choose if I could pick a favourite captain in this Super Seven, but which would but it would make it eight. I'd pick Derek Snedden. He's the best captain I've ever had in my team. Yeah, Derek was um, Derek was worth a few points alone. Um, by the way, he gelled that 2014 team. Uh, I think he really had everyone wanting to be part of the team. And, you know, the way that they went out and beat everyone all season, yeah, of course, there was a team of exceptionally good riders, but he brought them together really, really well. Yeah, he was, oh, mate, he was the best captain ever. He knew what to say, when to say it. He didn't really even need to go and score any points. As long as he was in the pits, I think he'd be, like, a really good team manager. Like, if, if uh, he ever came available to do that, Edinburgh, I think he'd be the go. But, um. Yeah, he, he played a massive part, maybe not on track. So a lot of fans probably didn't see how much big, how big of a part Snedden played, but he was really good with all of us. And, you know, that year, 2014, that's the first year I've ever rode with a team with full English-speaking team, like well, English, Scottish, Aussies, and one American. So that we all got on so well. And I think the, there was no language barrier there. And that's no offense to the guys that I've ridden with that aren't from an English speaking country. That's just one thing that was so good about that team. Yeah. I don't want to obviously, it's about Craig Cook. You've, you've included Craig Cook. So I feel we've wandered away from him to talk about that sensational night. But, you know, as a number one that season, him and Justin Sedgman had a sensational partnership um, that year as well. But, Craig's went on to the Grand Prix. He's tested himself at that level. I think there's probably still a lot more to come from Craig in his career. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, he's not exactly young, but um, he's again. I seen him do some stuff on a bike Darcy was doing, like, and it was just like, man, this guy is good. So, I actually, think Cookie's better than what he's done. Even though he's been in the GPs, I think he's a top eight guy in the GPs. But um, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's in the head, like we were saying before. It's a big part in the head. But um, I think he he's definitely better, definitely good enough to be a top eight guy in the Grand Prix each every year. So um, yeah, it's hard racing him. He's so fast, and it was and, and it's just it was awesome to have him in the team. It was easier having him in the team than being against him. That's for sure. Well, we'll complete your lineup then. Um, we'll go back to Australia for your seventh rider. And this guy is a character. Who do you have at number seven? Yeah, a lot of Aussies in there, isn't there? But I've got uh, <laughs> Shane, Shane Parker. <clears throat> and what's, uh, I mean, Shane, Shane was a sensational rider, but what's made you put him into your lineup? Yeah, then? I suppose there's probably better riders like than what Shane was. No offence to Shane, but. He helped me so much in my at the start of my career. We raced at Somerset together, and he looked after me like I was his son, you know. So I and and I have so much respect for Shane and Angie's wife. They helped me out a lot in my first year, and I, I just literally copied everything he did. Every track we went to, what's Rocket? Do I run, Shane? Yeah, I'm running this. Done. Jet? Yeah. So he'd always, <laughs> he'd, and but he was always so helpful on the track too. And we had so many good five ones together. Um, I had so much fun with him. He was one of the best guys that I've ever had around me in Speedway. So um, that's really why I chose him because he was so helpful for me and I probably wouldn't be, wouldn't have been where I was 
the next year if it wasn't for him or where I was that year if it wasn't for him. I get the impression you were saying about Derek being a brilliant captain. I get the impression that Shane was very much the same. He could motivate the other riders. He had a bit of sense of humour about him. He liked a bit of fun. He was a character on the track. Yeah, he was a very, very funny guy. He's <laughs> we had some fun times together. Um, I don't think I ever really had like a night out with him or anything like that, but it was just every time you're with him, it was just fun. He was just a fun guy to have and fun and helpful and never too serious, but serious when he needed to be serious. And I was pretty fiery in my first years and he was always like calming me down and such a, he was such a good rider as well. Probably didn't do, go on to do what he probably was able to do with the talent that he had, but he had like a heart problem and, and stuff like that. So Might've held him back a little bit, but, um, Mate, he, he, he was yeah, just a legend. Yeah, I was amazed when we, when we interviewed him, John. He told us about the heart attack that he had while he was riding and basically just took a couple of weeks off and then went back on the bike again. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> amazing, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty he, he, he always, they always say in sport as well, your, your big rivals, as Edinburgh Glasgow is a rivalry and we are supposed to hate their number one. But I was lucky enough, and I'm lucky enough to know Shane personally, and you couldn't hate that guy if you tried. You yeah. know, he's, he's, a, he's a dynamite. He's always got time for everyone. He always has a, the right thing to say as well. You know, a bit like you said about Derek there, he always says the right things at the right time to the right people and all that. Just a really, really nice guy. And, yeah, definitely, if you're putting him in a, a one to seven, he would be in there and, and keep everyone going, I'd reckon. Yeah, it's probably... Him being a Glasgow rider, I don't know how a fan could hate the guy because he was never dirty. And he, he went he won a lot of races, obviously, against Edinburgh because he was such a good such a good rider for Glasgow. And but I don't I can't see how anyone could not like him because he was such a nice, good, clean rider. Yeah, and and, and always a character. So even as an Edinburgh fan. They may not have liked him, probably because he was riding for Glasgow, but I can't see a way. He, he, he couldn't give you any reason to not like the guy. I think you would have taken him in any, any Edinburgh lineup, um, in fairness. He was such a good rider. Yeah, very, very smart on the track, that's for sure. Wasn't the greatest gator, but he was so smart on the track. He could, yeah, he was, he was good to watch, good to have around, and always helpful. Okay, Sam, you've got a manager to look after these seven guys to get the best out of them. Who's it going to be? You can't really go past Pete Adams. If you've ridden under Pete Adams, then you have to be, it's hard to not say he's the best team manager that anyone's ever had or seen because he's like Alex Ferguson of Speedway, really. He, he, he manages Wolfie and, and he's managed some really good riders and teams in the past. So he knows exactly what he's doing. He's very smart. Again, knows what to say, when to say it, how to say it. And um, yeah, and a character, a comedian, such a funny guy to be, to be around as well. I live with him too. So he's been very helpful for me personally as well. I suppose it helps if you've got a manager as well that you respect. Yeah, for sure. And he, I respect him a lot 
I respect everyone, but some people you got a little bit more respect for for what they've done in the sport of speedway because, I mean, he was with Ollie Olsen like back in them days. So he's seen he's seen so much. He has you know he probably knows more than any human living now about speedway. He knows exactly what's going on. So um, yeah. So we need a captain from this uh, one to seven as well. Who's going to be the man who's going to keep this side together? Can I put Derek in there and he just sits in the corner? <laughs> why do, why do we... John, why don't I'm we do Derek our... plenty of times to go and sit in the corner, mate. He never listens. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we do our first ever non-riding captain just for Sam? There we go. There, we there go. you go. So I don't know who <laughs> I choose there, captain. It'd have to be Parker or... Maybe Chris or someone. Who, yeah, I don't know, but we'll go with Derek. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let you have Derek. We'll let you have you Derek. Seven and a half riders. <laughs> seven and a half. <laughs> who would you put out in heat fifteen if it was the last heat decider? Out of my seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say. You'd have to put Darcy. He was so good under pressure. That guy. And uh, probably Doily as well. Oh, Wolfie's good under pressure too. Darcy and Wolfie, I'd have to say. Yeah. Uh, last thing we need to do before we move on is a team name. Do you have a name for your, your Super 7? Sam Super 7. It's pretty standard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll go with alliteration. <laughs> so we've got um, 10 quickfire questions now. So we'll fire them off to you and uh, and see what your answers are. So number one, when was the last time you were on a speedway bike? Last time it was like eleventh of October, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Number two, do you have a lucky or a favourite helmet colour? Nah, not really. Do you have a favourite gate number or a favourite gate to go from? Every track's different. Some tracks, you have to say gate one. Oh, gate one at Edinburgh Wolves is not so good. So I can't even really say that, but I'll have to, uh, gate two, I'll go. Okay, gate two. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. If you hadn't been a speedway rider, what would you have been? A bum. <laughs> <laughs> a virgin I'm a coach nah probably I was a motorbike mechanic I'm a motorbike mechanic by trade believe it or not but I don't think I would have stuck with that I probably would have went to be like a coal miner maybe or something okay what's your hobby what's your favourite hobby uh, babysitting be <laughs> no not babysitting too hard <laughs> I'll say my uh, What's your favourite film? Hmm. I, oh, I don't know. What was I thinking the other day? Lone, Lone Survivor's good, but it's not really my favourite. Probably Snatch. Oh, good choice. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really a film person. I'm, I'm not real good at sitting there. Oh, no, actually, Wolf of Wall Street. 
<laughs> I'd love to see that's like a day in my dealership, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Sam, race suit or race jacket? You got a nice suit and you all look pretty professional, eh? You're all in a suit. Okay, and what's the worst thing about Speedway? Worst thing about Speedway? Washing your bike. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing about Speedway? Got to be winning races, doesn't it? For sure. It's got to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sam, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Great to see you. Uh, and, and as always, a blast. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me and giving me something to do. It's been pretty boring times here for me. So this, I'm enjoying this stuff. Good. Well, we hopefully have you back in the tower, please, sooner rather than later. We want to see you at Armadale. Um, as soon as possible, mate. Yeah, and that's I can't wait to see everyone, you guys again, and uh, everyone that we haven't seen for over a year, man. It's uh, it's gonna be big when we get going. It is, it is. Well, bro, listen, Sam, thank you very much. You've been brilliant as always. I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So we will be back <laughs> with another episode of Super Seven uh, very soon. Stick with us for that. As always, like, subscribe, and you can catch all the other Super 7s on the YouTube channel. From Liam Rudden and myself, thank you very much for watching.